Welcome to the Polymer Science Podcast. I am Dr. Alicia Bletis. And I'm Jacob Shackman. In this podcast, we'll be speaking to researchers from around the world and talk to them about how their work is improving our daily lives. I hope you enjoy our conversation and that you learn something new. So today we are talking to Zinenzi Mbafa. She's a laboratory analyst at Claritair. She's an experienced scientist in the petrochemical industry and environmental industry, focusing on ocean and coastal research. She studied at the Cape Peninsula University of Technology and Walter Sisulu University in analytical chemistry. She also did an internship as quality testing analyst at Engine and as a marine chemist at the Department of Environmental Affairs. She is currently working at a global clean tech company called Claritair that focuses on upcycling plastic wastes into high-value pure solvents, oils, and waxes. My, my first question to everybody is always like, how did you get into this field of um, going into chemistry? What made you decide to go study this, this direction? Oh, okay, nice. Um, I've always wanted to, I, I always had an interest in science careers, but I, I had no information about analytical chemistry, you know, honestly. So I applied for engineering and other science fields. So during my, my when I received my metric, I went straight to the university. They said, you qualify for analytical chemistry and, and you have good marks. Why you can't you? because the only course available. So I was like, how? Oh, so okay. because uh, before uh, chemistry was one of the modules that I loved in physics. So I was like, let me, <laughs> so let me jump to analytical chemistry. So I had no information really, but uh, I remember my first lecture explained more about analytical chemistry. That was analytical chemistry one, that uh, it's a broad field, yeah. It's okay. a broad, broad it's job opportunity. So I, I, I made some time to research on my own. I found that chemistry is very broad. Mm-hmm. Study with engines to specialize on after, after first degree, like analytical, organic, physical, yeah. uh, inorganic, biochemistry, and other disciplines like a polymer, environmental. So I was like, yeah, this is the best career. So I continued. <laughs> I was like, I'm falling. <laughs> so that's how I ended up falling for chemistry. That's wonderful. Yeah, like I think just the way you approach that decision as well, like, you know, it's a broad field. So, you know, you're not really like working yourself into a corner. And um, I've also experienced that, like, you know, even if you choose a field in chemistry, it's still rather broad and there's ways of mixing and matching two fields together even more than two you know so that's actually very cool so you're like actually your chemistry analytical chemistry and polymer science because you are working with plastics and renewability and all that but um you are currently working um, at Claritaire am I saying that correctly that company's name Claritaire yeah Claritaire Okay. Um, what is the experience like working for Claritair and what have you learned so far during your time there? Yo, I don't know where to start. I've learned so much. Yo, guess what? From 2019, I've learned so much. In fact, uh, there's more tests in Claritair. 
like we have more tests, more than 30 tests I can say in the lab. So it, it, that means there's more instruments like we have on my GCMS. It was my first time operating those instruments. Uh, like I can say, I'm proud. I can fully operate the GCMS, run the samples, interpret the chromatogram. Oh, that's pick cool. by pick. Yeah, pick by pick. And you're, it's so interesting. It's so interesting, really. And also there's a GCMS, uh, GC SimDist, Sim which is uh, the yeah, stimulation. Cool. Yeah. So I can also operate that one. Is This is the uh, experience I received from Plarita. And cool. the other instrument, I've learned so many tests, like uh, the percentage, all content in works, how to calculate and check the percentage oil, the congealing points, the cloud points and four points in oils, the bromine numbers, the sulfur contents, like, and many more tests. There's a lot, lots, I cannot, like, I cannot finish them. There's a lot of tests. So I can say I've more, inf I've learned so much. That's and really also cool. when I'm having time, I go out to the plant and, uh, and, and check and uh, read about at the process and how to operate like everything outside. So this to me, it's so interesting because this is what I know from theory and now it's practical. So it's so interesting to me. So I can say I've learned a lot. So now when you're seeing something that you, from analytical chemistry one and now is, is practical. So it's something that uh, I'm proud of. I've learned a lot from Clarita. That's wonderful, so, like that skill set that you've developed, you know, how well that will look on your CV. And then the GCMS that you mentioned, that is um, a gas chromatography, just for people, this mass spectrometry. Um, so the, some of our listeners aren't scientists, but the, they can have a look and like Google that maybe if they want, just to see how complex that is, because it's not as um, straightforward, <laughs> that type of analytical instruments to handle and to, and, to, and to interpret at the end of the day. So Sometimes they will come with something from the plant and they say, yo, you must check this thing. So it's our first time seeing this. So we need to check and research. So like most girls, I've gained most girls on searching, like searching, what is this? Why is it here? Yeah, well, so I've learned, I've learned, um, I've learned a lot. That's very cool. Um, so you are working with plastic waste um, at the moment, like trying to figure out, like working with the, the waste to convert it to more productive um, products that people can use and utilize. So what are the different types of plastic waste that you are currently working with? And uh, what is the most common type of plastic waste you have worked with in the lab thus far? Uh, we're working with polypropylene. Okay. We have ethylene. We have polystyrene, but I can say most of the time working with polypropylene and polyethylene. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah. that is the the culprits mostly. That most often the packaging and all that stuff. That's where the waste is coming from most often. Um, and uh, yeah, so only a small portion of plastic waste are being recycled or upcycled, as most people would say, and most are still being burned or placed in landfill. So. How does the upcycling work that you're working at uh, doing at Clariter, um, how does that work? What are you currently doing to upcycle these polypropylene waste? Could you share with us the approach um, to transforming these plastic wastes to useful products? Because you currently 
attempting to change the polypropylene into waxes and oils and solvents that can be used in, in daily products that people use in the lab or just day to day in their homes. So what's your approach to transforming that waste into something useful? Oh yeah, our unique upcycling method transforms, right? As you said, the plastic waste into three industrial like oils, waste, waxes and solvents. So we have uh, three modules. Firstly, we have three modules. We have module A, which is a thermocracking. We have module B, which is hydro treatment. We have module C, which is distillation. Okay. Uh, uh, first step, it's, uh, it's like feeding before the thermocracking. We have feeding step whereby the plastic are heated and, and melted at approximately 320 to 330 degrees. Well, and then we're going to a thermo-tracking reactor at uh, the melting point of the plastic occurs at uh, 320. Sure. And the heaters high. <laughs> and the heaters inlet and outlet is carefully controlled, which is uh, it's, it's a thermo-tracking part. We're going to the hydro-treatment part, which is module B. The hydrotreating stage serves as a purpose of reducing all double bonds and most of the aromatic bonds. It also eliminates the heteroatoms impurities, that means the sulfur, nitrogen, the chlorine, the oxygen, using the catalytic high pressure, high temperature hydrogen. So we have a hydrogen, hydrotreating stage is composed of two different reactions. We have two steps, we have hydrogenation, and also hydro desulfurization. So hydro hydrogenation is for double bonds and it's for double bonds and aromatic saturations. And we have a hydro desulfurization for heteroatoms elimination. Oh, wow. Okay. Coming to the stage of uh, distillation. We have an initial distillation coming from hydro treatment. We have an initial distillation where the hydrocarbon streams from hydro refining are cooled at 100 degrees in the tank and are fed into the solvent initial distillation. And the target is to separate solvents from oil and wax fractions. And the product solvent are further sent to intermediate tanks and the bottom streams of the of oil and waxes are pumped into intermediate tanks for further separation of oils and waxes. So we have intermediate tanks. These tanks are serve as a purpose of storing uh, the three intermediate pro product before continuous distillation. That means uh, a final distillation. Wow. So from intermediate tanks, we're going to a final distillation. A final distillation is composed of two distillations. We have solvent distillation, and also we have oils and waxes distillations. So the target is to separate raw solvents into different fractions and relevant products are sent to storage tank. That is where we get the final clean pure products and they send them to the lab so that we do a full analysis. Oh, like a quality uh, control, yes. Yeah, then we write a certificate of analysis wow. and the product would. That's, that's a lot of steps, hey. <laughs> How long does that process take? Mm, I like it stays because working 24 7 
like oh, wow. working 20%. So the process is continuing. So I cannot say it takes uh depending on the on the temperatures and and the monitoring of the plant. Oh, but yes. it's continuing. Of course, yeah, and of course you can't really um like you, you have to like tr be try and be time efficient. So you you're working on multiple stages at once. I'm assuming you know like keeping that wheel going the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so it's 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 so interesting indeed. That is very good information for I think young students, young chemistry students, just to like yeah. remember that the things that they're learning currently in chemistry in, in their undergrad is going to be useful, and <laughs> they're going to have to use this one day because everything you've yeah. mentioned, I know we've we've touched on it and we've worked with it um, theoretically and in undergrad, and yeah, very very interesting. Yeah. Um, so. Um, just uh, just by like I've got a few more questions, but what are these products used for uh, in our day to day? Do you know like the, the the especially the oils and the solvents and the waxes that are created? What are they mainly used for in a day to day basis? Yeah, we use them. They use for cleaning agents, uh, paints, in paints, leather conditioners, oh, wood yeah. and polishes, mineral oils, the baby oils. Oh. Perfume, you know, those perfumed candles, perfumed candles and candles, shoe polish, soft wax, and many more. Like it's a lot of uh, Vaseline. So like, basically it's so everything that you see on a day to day basis. <laughs> I just want to read a section from an article published by Clarity. I hope I'm saying the company's name correctly, um, but it was a very interesting section of the article that I just wanted to share with you all. And um, I will also post the links in the show notes so that you can have a look at it yourself and read the full article. There are also some others that are very interesting. But this one spe specifically is tests that was done by the Tajian Aramids Ultra High Molecular Weight Polyethylene product called Indumax. Feedstock were carried out at Clarity's operational pilot plant in Poland. The results determined that samples of fishing nets, ropes and air cargo containers are indeed suitable for chemical recycling. High resistance polyethylene, which was once problematic to recycle, has been now successfully upcycled into feedstock as pure crude-free industrial products with thousands of applications such as cleaning agents, degreasers, paints, and speciality waxes. For some markets, like fishing nets, this results in full circularity as the wax can be used to coat fishing nets again. In other markets, this opens loop recycling leads to valuable products that can either serve in production processes or in other applications. Like I said, I will post these links in the show notes. They've also worked with Mitsubishi, AECI, and Kirax, to name just a few. So really go check that out and, and find out some more about how this processes can be utilized for making useful products from waste. Final two questions. Um, what are the current obstacles to recycling some of the plastic waste that exist? And are there ways of overcoming it? So if there's any obstacles or any hindrances during your processes that you have seen in the lab, uh most of the time like maybe some other plastic they having more ash okay. so yeah so they they're not accepted at all in the plant because we we need we, we uh, when the plastic can we need to test it before 
it goes to the plant. So sometimes some plastic, they have more edge, and so they're not uh, accepted at all. I see. Uh, it needs to be a pure polymer. It, it needs to be separated yeah. from other types of plastics. I see. Yeah. yeah. And uh, sure. what does your day-to-day -day look like in the lab when you get to work? So you said you work long hours because I can imagine those processes sounds like they need the full um, attention. Yeah. I cannot even stand on that one. It's a typical involved arriving from 6 a.m. <laughs> or 6 p.m. 6 imagine 6 a.m. You need to wake up early. <laughs> no. And now in and the winter, we're 6 p.m. <laughs> working night shift when you're working or you're working morning shift. So morning shift started at uh, 6 a.m. And then I shift at 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So at all 12 hour shift. When it's busy, 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 you could see that uh, you are tired and you, you're working uh, working for 12 hours, it's too much. Yeah, it's tiring, but it's uh, sometimes interesting, but you feel like, yeah, I'm tired. So <laughs> I'll leave at 6 a.m. and leave at 6, 6 p.m. for a day shift. And, and then uh, think, uh, when I come there, check the home over, well, from the previous shift, what you have, what I need to test, what we need, because working the teams, what we need to test, what you have. Uh, so I'll check the handover, check the, um, oh, there are some tests that need to be done. I'm check the instruments, uh, the SMT instrument, and maybe I will need to bake the column before any run. Checking everything is so fine. Mm. I go to the plant and check uh, uh, the status of the plant, what are we required, or oh, what are we going to get uh, in terms of samples so that we can draft, we can see the, how, is, how is it going to be? Okay. So it's uh, a typical, the rest of my day involves uh, involved testing samples, setting up instruments, capturing the results in the system. Mm -hmm. Imagine if the, if the samples we received, it's uh, maybe 10 samples per day. Imagine first samples uh, requires maybe 10, uh, 10 tests maybe. So each test needs time and then you need to capture the results on the system. Like it's, yeah. it's so, yeah, it's busy like when it's busy, but it's good when it's not busy. You need to work and uh, prioritize and appreciate because they need this one, they need this sound from this day. Like, yeah, it's good, yeah. but it's challenging. I can imagine that you also have to maintain the instruments as well, you know, like they, they work from with gas and some of them needs to be, yeah, and be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So there's a lot of good communication that's, that's also part of the skill that you require if you're working in teams like that and taking over from someone who has worked the night shift and you're coming in for the next day and so on. When you're leaving in the morning, you're tired, you need to like check everything. Oh, it's a lot, it's a lot. So <laughs> the hand and stuff. Very detail-orientated and communi good communication required. Uh, the communication, attention to detail, because uh, working night shift, imagine in the middle of night, you're tired, but you need to be fresh because the minute you made a mistake, you will... <laughs> So need attention to tell, like be sure oh, what wow. you're doing. That is yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just very glad that you gave me your time, that you actually 
um, made some time to sp speak to me on this episode. Thank you so much. And sharing your work and your work experience and just a bit of the process at Claritaire, because I think a lot of students will enjoy finding out more about different types of careers and um, what's yeah. the real deal and what's exciting about it and what is maybe the ups and the downs and the, you know, like not everything is, yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it.